Mike Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Episode 195 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the Kiss FAQ message board. And today I am joined by Marcus Almighty. Mark. Greetings, sir. 69th Blizzard Ken. Hey there. And a live cat man, Andrew. An esteemed panel you have prepared for today's show. Well, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but let's get one plug out of the way. Uh, you know. Anyone bought any new Kiss shit lately? Yeah, I have. Here, new T-shirts. Eat, <laughs> yeah. Eat it, haters. Um, <laughs> rules. Very nice. You, you, can you know, find, I, I you can find the link for those over on the message board. I did post it, and over on uh, Facebook, I did add the cheaper T-shirt in today because these are the premium ones, and I hate the feel of the premium. I'm not a premium sort of guy. I want the standard one, and. Uh, under 10 bucks for the standard ones. If you want to be a proud member I'll be grabbing of, one. of the cesspool, then you can be a proud member of the cesspool. I probably should have put a sheep on the back, but... Uh, I actually I have the old one that says, that's great, now play Love Gun. I have that one. You still have that? Wow. I still have oh, that. That's old school. We've, <laughs> we've done a few, and most of them have been abject failures, but uh, you know, half my wardrobe seems to be... Uh, Teespring or T-Ship, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, t-shirts. Same I, here. I was actually wearing my Project Gemini T-shirt beforehand. So, Mark, what, what's oh. going on? What's going on in your world? That's a nice segue, just to uh, light, <laughs> Ooh, lightly moving to. Yeah. Well, I've finally done the guitar solos. I only have to do one more, which is the Kiss cover, which I haven't revealed what song it is yet. But I just got to do that solo for that song, and then I'm done. All the guitar solos. Just got to go through all the little, you know, fine tuning, make sure there's no coughing or hiccups or farts in between takes or something so just clean all that stuff up and then uh you know get ready for the mixing and then uh it's getting close to being done so gonna mix the single first and uh put that out first and then i'll start with the uh, rest of it to release the rest of the whole album as a whole nice exciting times has anyone bought anything this week because you know i i didn't i didn't buy anything but have you you have you stolen anything well no i i didn't steal anything (laughs) either but i tell you guys you know I come on this show. This isn't my first time, but I, I always get really, really thirsty when, when I when I get on the show. And and you know when I get thirsty, I like oh. to reach for a nice Gene Simmons cane sugar root beer. So uh, yeah, you know this is GeneSimmonsMoneyBag.com if you want to get one of these. I am so I am so thirsty that I just have to you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky that he's in the dark and we can barely see what he's holding in his hand. <laughs> it could be a dildo for all we could tell. <laughs> Yeah, see that that light is just that light doesn't work as well as I thought. Gene Simmons money bag soda. You know, if, if uh, you're Gene gonna if you're gonna bag pimp bag. Gene stuff, you got to do it properly because you know that is actually a very good soda. So there you go. I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. I tell you the the factory that does that is uh, pretty local to me. It's in Buffalo, New York, and, and I had the opportunity to meet all the uh, all the guys at Rocksteady Soda. Uh, they're great, huge Kiss fans. They are. Uh, the, the one guy, yeah, the one guy, John, has a huge, 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 huge Kiss collection, and uh, I got to go and play his Kiss pinball machines. And he's uh, he, he's he's a true fan. He's he's a he's a true fan. Gave me a, a Gene Simmons money bag so to stand up that's in my office. So, but yeah, 
I get really thirsty on this show, so I'm really glad I have a Gene Simmons root beer to uh, to drink. So yeah, available GeneSimmonsMoneyBag.com. <laughs> Mark added anything into your collection lately, Kiss or otherwise, or what have you been well, buying re- lately? Uh, otherwise, um, well, I, like I said, I've been kind of just in here doing this recording, getting it all kind of done, so I'm on my schedule like I was hoping to be, and. Uh, but I have ordered a few things online. Not not Kiss. I found a couple of uh, things to add to my Genesis collection. Like I actually found a sealed copy of Lamb Lays Down on Broadway, a really nice one. So I wanted to add that to my collection. And uh, I think I also grabbed a couple of more cassettes, believe it or not. I uh, mm. actually found a Beatles cassette, very, mm. very nice one. And I found a couple of more Kiss ones that will be on route to me for that. So I got a... Mm. What, what 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 one is that? Oh, I finally got a a, de- a debut record, the first Kiss album. Finally, I found one on cassette. So, no. and I just have to figure out what version it is. If it's an '85 yeah. original, because yeah. I have an '85, and I didn't even know it was an '85 until I played it. And I was like, it's the live version, nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess I'll I guess I'll know once once it comes. I can do all the mm-hmm. you know research work behind it to see what's going on with it. You still have a cassette deck? Oh yeah, actually, right here. In the corner here of my room, I have a one of those little, uh, you know, shelf unit ones where it's a combination CD player and ca- double cassette, actually. Oh, so yeah, so it's just completely useless and outdated to CD <laughs> and cassette, two useless yeah. formats in one, you know, console. Man, but it works perfectly in here. I listen to lots of stuff in here. A lot of my, my cassettes works perfect. Sounds fantastic. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. All right. How about you, Ken? What what you got? You got anything? Bought anything? I think got I got the show. Well, first uh, first of all, I did order something today. Pre-ordered the uh, Ace Frehley uh, vinyl, the silver vinyl. Oh, nice. Silver for what? For Spaceman? I I'd only yes. heard of violets yes. being the color for. No, silver uh, on uh, Amazon. Oh, okay. So silver vinyl it says. Nice. So they. There you go. Um, so, uh, so nothing else I didn't get. Um, otherwise, uh, this is what relates now something I had here that I found uh, relates to Andrew's, uh, you know, live three album he had last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, rather. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I found my uh, my pass for the uh, meet and greet, uh, the live three meet and greet, which was in '93. According to this, was July thirteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Um, so yeah, they mark it out when you're coming through with a little marker. Um, yeah, had picked it up the day Alive Three came out. I went to Tower Records at lunchtime during work. Went, I said, hey, you guys got the 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 pass or the whatever it is for, you know, buying this. CD uh, and they go oh yeah here we go and they, you get one of these things and that gives you admittance to the to the meet and greet which was in San Francisco at Club Oasis and that was on July 13th 93 so Very nice. I remember it but we were we were we were shuttle you know shoved through there like a herd of cattle I <laughs> thought I was gonna get branded or something I mean it was it was crazy um, really fast I mean it's just like no time to barely say anything to uh, any of the four. But There's actually video this, footage that was just posted on YouTube that is from the Buffalo Alive Three party. Where it looked that, like yeah. it looked like it was like outside at like a barbecue. It's like yeah, family like, barbecue yeah, and, and, and kiss. Right. 
It was and like a the, tent or something. Yeah, yeah, and the guy that was filming like followed them from the airport, and then as they got out of the limos, they're like, Paul, 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 Paul. I'm like, these are the people that they they want to stay away from. But I thought it was cool. You know, I was too young to go, obviously. So I I didn't go in New Jersey where I'm from. So I don't even know if there was a New York or New Jersey uh, appearance for that. You know, it would be interesting to kind of gather all the dates. Julian probably that. Not off the top of my head. I He's don't. the historian. I know nothing. I'm an idiot. All right. Is that in the uh, is that in the on tour book? No, no. I, well, I, I, I think I did the ones for the European Revenge and the uh-huh. European Creatures. I didn't bother with the, even the European um, Tears of not Tears of Falling Asylum <laughs> one, which uh, will be a nice segue into the first topic. But uh, you know, there are just so many of these sorts of things that have been done. I probably should have, but it would almost be better to do that as kind of a separate little booklet. You know, all those sorts uh-huh. of non. Uh, all the meet and greets that they've kind of done or expo appearances. I was trying to put that together at one point, just never got around to, or never had the interest because I missed there's all so many. I'm so, yeah, I'm so, so many. bitter that uh, <laughs> it's too painful. So Well, well I mean, just, just be glad that you didn't attend the Ace Fraley birthday bash in 2002 because that was, that was very disappointing. Why? Wasn't it a high-quality hot dog and a nice bag of chips? Chip. Chip. Single chip? Yeah, there was like a chip in my bag, and it was like a boiled hot dog. Not even like, – couldn't even like spring for the grill. This shit was boiled in water that was probably never changed. So, mm-hmm. you know, I ate a boiled hot dog and a bag of chip, and the cake – like the, the cake looked looked so picked over that I didn't even want a piece of that cake. Okay. Let's not forget about the bomb scare and let's – you know, it, it's been well documented what happened at that thing. Yep. It has. It's very sad. I've got a recording from there. So I haven't bought any yeah. Kiss stuff. I haven't even ordered any Kiss stuff. I did, and this is just a segue for anyone who follows me on Facebook. I did post that I'd finally decided to give Dave Lee yes. Roth's skyscraper yes. a second this chance. Must be just like living in paradise. I, I will say, say I've had a few listens of this today, and obviously my first concert ever was uh, Dave Lee Roth with Tesla opening January '87 in Binghamton, New York. Very cool. Um, cool. The CD fortunately starts off with California Girls. It's the European one. Um, oh, it has really? it has not grown on me. There's some okay stuff on there. It is just the production is abolic, diabolical. It is so flat. It it's doesn't for s- the time. You know? it, yeah. yeah, it's so compressed. It doesn't sound anywhere near as good as Eat 'Em and Smile. Um, you know, there's a couple of good songs on there. I mean, Hot Dog oh, and yeah. Shake. Damn good. good. Um, I thought I'm gonna chip. I liked Perfect Timing and Knuckle yeah. Bones. You know it, the song. Yeah, you know do, yeah. most of the songs are okay, but it is just not a very impressive album. But then again, it's Diamond Dave, and after Eat 'Em and Smile, he was pretty much downhill because the next one was a little ain't enough, and that wasn't exactly much better. So I did. Look buy- at all the fucking people here tonight. I remember Ow. him bouncing yeah. around on an inflatable yeah. microphone on that tour. That was. Uh, did he do the? Yeah. Uh, did he do the uh, boxing ring come down too? On the Toronto show, he did that. He came down in this huge boxing ring at don't, the other end of the stadium. I, I don't remember. I I was what fourteen. I had a seventeen-year-old girlfriend, Man. and I was otherwise occupied yeah, for did. much of the show. So, um, <laughs> I I was just at the Beaver last night. There was nothing to fucking buy. Six ninety-nine for a dress to kill polygram cassette. I was like, no. Even though it's clear, and I didn't know if I had one or not. So I did buy one good album. Another blast from the late '80s. Deep oh, nice. Oh, Very nice. nice. Just one of one of my guilty pleasures. So that's that's enough of the non-kiss shit. Uh, Wait, hold on. I do want to mention one more non-kiss thing because this is newsworthy. Steve Perry is back. That's true. Steve Perry is back. He's yeah, his first single out. first single came out yesterday, and along with the video, 
and the guy is 69 years old, and I think he sounds great. Does he sound like Steve Perry did in 1980? Of course not. It's been 40 years, but the guy, he sounds awesome for his age, and I think if he continues to perform and write, maybe he's going to put out more songs, but if he continues to perform songs in that range that he can sing at now, there's still a lot of enjoyment left in there. So I immediately pre-ordered the record. Uh, first links went up where you could pre-order it on uh, like Amazon and iTunes. So originally I ordered it on Amazon just because I kind of wanted a physical copy of this this album. I, really? I, I can't yeah, believe it. I couldn't believe it either. But And then I was like, you know what? I kind of wish there was a vinyl. I just, I, I don't know. So anyway, luckily maybe. a couple hours later, uh, he, Steve Perry actually posted or, or, or his, his team posted that he had pre-order bundles on his website. So I did get one of the vinyl bundles. So it's a double oh, nice. vinyl that's signed along with like some socks and some other tchotchkes. I really didn't care. I mean, I thought it was a great value. It was like 78 bucks. So that was, so that was yeah. off his own site? Off his own so site, yeah. Yeah, yeah off, off his own site, traces.steveperry.com. Yeah. And it, uh, almost, can, it almost sounds like a pledge music thing where he does, yeah. where they do kind of bundles like that too, right? Yeah. And, and if you think about it, um, the album, the double album, signed 78 bucks. Yeah, how can you good, how can you beat that? How can you beat that? I mean, it was a bargain. I mean, a double vinyl these days goes goes for you know sometimes thirty to forty dollars depending on yeah, where you buy it. Than two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, it. I thought it was I thought it was cool. I immediately pre-ordered it. I was able to get the single in high quality, you know, delivered directly to me. And then as time goes on, I get access to other singles. Uh, I, there's like one that I get access to September 5th, another one I get access to September 15th, just because mm-hmm. I pre-ordered right from him, so you get access to those. So uh, I thought it was idea. cool. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. I'm really excited to get the full record. And um, who would have thought that Steve Perry would have come back after all this time? Yep, Unex- yeah. unexpected. And I like the way that they've done that. Speaking, you yeah. know, that Steve Perry's back. Of course, today Aretha Franklin is gone. Mm. Um, has passed yeah. on after oh, right. a long yeah. battle with cancer. Gene Simmons has been on TV on, I think, HLN doing a segment on Aretha telling, uh, you know, everyone about his, you know, it's a celebrity catacall whenever a celebrity goes. So, you know, might as well yeah. have Gene, yeah. you know, giving respect to her because he does uh, respect the influence of her as an artist. And, you know, he yeah. looked back at his youth and when he saw her on TV, I think he was talking about Murray the K show in New York mm. and all that. So, you know, again, um, the queen died on the day that the king died. So that's, that's kind, right. of, kind, yeah, of, uh, that's kind right. of appropriate in some ways. And, of course, there's uh, the San Francisco kiss connection with the Elvis uh, passing date. So mm-hmm. we'll probably yeah. always think about Elvis and Aretha from now on. So let's get into this is kind of a transitional item. It's not really news. It's not really a topic. But I'm sure many people have seen the official Kiss Lock Screen app that uh, has been posted, uh, you can get for your Android phone. Uh, what this app does is it replaces your passcode with a picture one with Kiss icons and whatnot. It's only available for Android stuff because Apple, wah, 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 wah. Apple won't let you fuck with their architecture like that. So uh, <laughs> good. <laughs> Well, yeah. Good. So one of the things that came up on the message board was one of the images on one of the lock screens, well, two, are asylum-related, and Bruce has had his exposed wish and been edited out, along with Eric Carr, so that only Gene yes. and Paul are shown standing side by side, and then the album cover, only their faces are shown. And Weird. with most of the other icons showing the classic lineup, um, unadulterated, um, or the current lineup, there was uh, a little bit of a minor uproar of uh, why is Kiss editing out Eric and Bruce from their history. 
I emailed the the company Icon Login and just mm-hmm. asked them for a clarification. I know someone had posted something on the message board, but I wanted to get a response from them myself rather than just intelligently. Intelligently. Well, yeah, rather, rather than just say, go by hearsay. Here's what the company says as to why Eric and Bruce are not on there. Their icon log on screens are based on the kiss image rights that are provided by Epic Rights. Epic Rights is, of course, the company, the big company that handles uh, merchandise licensing and whatnot for mm-hmm. a plethora of acts. They are the big okay. boys in the pond. They are yeah. the blue whales, so to mm-hmm. speak. So um, if that is what they provide, then that is what the case is. What this company was told is that there are no image rights for the two former members. In order to use a person's image commercially, you usually have to have permission or a giant pair of brass mm. ones. Utter ignorance. <laughs> now, a company like Epic Rights is going to do things 100% above and aboard. So, whatever the case is, if Bruce and Eric don't have an arrangement or Eric's estate, to be clear, um, mm-hmm. then they're not going to present those images. It's mm-hmm. nothing nefarious. It's not Gene and Paul sitting down and saying, well, you know what? Uh, let's edit Eric and Bruce out, but, you know, we'll leave Peter and Ace in, um, and who knows. You can understand them maybe saying, no, we're not going to use the Lick It Up cover. That would be a completely understandable thing given the history there. But there, mm-hmm. there's nothing but love for Bruce in particular, who is obviously still with us, um, and nothing nefarious going on. So anyone who got their panties in a wad over that, it's called, <laughs> it's called business. And, yeah. you know, it, it's not an insult. It is simply business. My whole thought is that they... Asylum? Well, fucking hell, you know, putting Asylum on a lock screen, I say that's a massive win as it is, but why the hell are they putting Asylum on a lock screen in the first place? It's it's just not the one that would immediately jump out at me as uh, something to include Mm -hmm. there. You know, Crazy Nights, you know, they easily could do Paul, you know, with the cracked mirror or cracked glass effect or Revenge and uh, and leave it at that or, you know, Animalize. Or better yet, I guess for many, is why do they have any non-originals stuff on there? They should have just stuck to the classic era or the modern era. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, creatures. It, it, it's like I said, you know, all those people. Cre- that creatures is on there because they have the rights to Eric Carr's. Or, oh, great. Uh, I, yeah, they must like, have it. You know, maybe it's Vinny. like I said, KISS stands for Keep It Simmons and Stanley. <laughs> yeah, but but in this case, it's uh, keep it business related. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I, I I assumed I assumed that's what it was. I didn't assume that they were editing their history. I mean, they've never edited their history. They've glossed over it certainly, mm-hmm. but they've never purposely removed something. So I mean, does anybody really care about it? Well, how many people are even going to be using this lock screen, and how often is it going to be changed? I mean, come on, let's let's get real. If we're if we're nitpicking about a photo that's the size of my thumbnail on a lock screen on a device that um, the general population does not use because I'm an iOS user. So I, I, I just didn't see. I, I saw it. I was like, yeah, that's cool. If I want a lock screen, I'll just I'll make one myself or, or whatever. So, I mean, it's just it, it, it was just something that I was like, why? What are we bitch? What are we mad at now? What are we mad at now? So I, just, I didn't see the big deal. And, and your explanation makes total sense. Well, people, people love the opportunity to get mad about anything, and mm-hmm. I, I, I know I've been guilty of it in the past. We're, we're human. We all yeah. just love to be outraged at times, and in this case, there's nothing to be outraged about apart from maybe someone thinking to use Asylum. And I love the album, but come on, 
someone thinking to use Asylum on the cover. There you go. I like the I like the era better than I like the album. I really thought that they they sounded good on the tour. I kind of liked what was going on visually on stage. I liked that giant Kiss logo. I kind of liked how they were trying out different stage designs because there were at least three different stage designs for that, that lightning bolt stairs there. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked all those things that w- that was going on live at the time. And so I liked how you, they were- you've been watching that hoarded pro shot again, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I actually have. I actually had it on uh, right before we recorded, and I turned it off just because I knew that we were going to be recording. So yeah, we, we we don't want to tease anyone about hoarded material. No, do we? no. Mm-hmm. Hold all on right. a second. Yeah. No, we're not going to hold on for one second. We're going to continue. All right, who wants to get uh, throw out a topic to get started with today? Ken, you brought anything to the show for us to discuss? Not really. Sorry about that. <laughs> Other than, <laughs> I was going to go by your topics, but there was something I I, I think you guys saw, um, and I don't know about this is the uh, those new figures. Uh, oh yes, yes, yes. The, well, well. First of all, there's the figures from the Figures Toy Company, yes, which is kind of replicating the original uh, 19 whatever 77 era, uh, and the the box packaging is yes. pretty much a replica of the original, which is cool. Um, Except I mean, I the, have back. the original. The back is the back is poo poo. The back is just poo poo. I think the back is all Gene on every. Yes. When I understand a uh, yes. picture of Gene on the back yes. of every one of the mm. uh, boxes, but. Uh, otherwise, it looks pretty, you know, like, hey, this is the looks like the original you yes. know, figures. Now, and, and that looks cool. I might buy one. I'm not gonna buy them all. I already have the original four from when I got them when I was young. When they originally with the, bo- came with the boxes. I, I don't have the boxes because I remember cutting out the guitars, and, you know, <laughs> the scissors and all that stuff. So I did that, you know. <laughs> As you should, because uh, we should yeah. enjoy hey, this stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I had them standing on my speakers, you know, stuff like that. But Very cool. Anyway. Very cool. In my room, um, but but the, now there's the other figures now in question. This is the the repro of the uh, Migo, the Migo actual repro uh, that company, but they're eight inch tall figures, and they had a picture of one of the one of the I don't know, it's maybe a prototype or whatever, or it could be the real thing. But uh, it was a Paul Stanley, and people are complaining about. The look of his face. It all looks yeah. like the Simmons or you know the uh, Simpsons, the Simpsons uh, yeah. face. <laughs> or, and then the, and, the, and the hair. The hair is not you know hair, hair uh, kind of material. It's 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 like molded. Uh, I guess they're saying. But uh, the thing I noticed was right behind Paul's head. I was looking. I had to zoom in. It looks like it says uh, uh, what does it say now? <laughs> oh. Um, Something goodness people, you know, uh, what was it? Hey, uh, goodness people. I don't know. I said goodness. Yeah, it says my goodness people in the background. My goodness. That's yeah. it. Uh, my, my goodness people. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like goodness. I'm like, what the heck? Paul would not say my goodness people. <laughs> He'd say something <laughs> else. They're not my goodness. I thought, who the heck yeah. put that there? Well, he, here's what I took away from that. Number one, I think it's absolutely a prototype. And for anybody following Mego, the corporation, or just going to your local Target, I mean, Target is stepping it up in the toy department. I mean, Target is now carrying NECA toys, 
which is definitely the your adult collector, horror figures, Stranger Things, very, very, very cool stuff. But Target is also carrying a whole line of retro Mego action figures. You got Action Jackson, you got Fonzie, you got Cheers, you got you got a lot of cool stuff. So, and I think there's even like Brady Bunch ones too. I mean, my local Target has a couple. So I just remember looking at those, and and they're all because most of the original Migos came on those blister cards. So it just it makes sense for them to keep the blister card. It doesn't make sense for them to go to the Kiss style box that they had in '78. But so I, I think it's cool that the Mego Corporation is doing this. Now, the thing about the Mego Corporation and the thing about Figures Toy Company, these are just two companies that got access to the KISS rights. The company right. KISS, Epic Rights, they don't care who purchases um, – who, who's going to purchase the rights. And what I mean by that, exactly, it's, it's all about money. If someone's going to pay the licensing fee, they're going to say, well, is this a real company? Are they going to be able to produce the goods that they say they're going to? And, and can they you know, pay the licensing deal? And obviously – Actually, Mingo, that, that second one was the first part because can they pay the licensing always comes first before there's any further conversation about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah but, but you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, so show us the money and then, then you can put out whatever you want. So it just so happens that two companies got the rights to put out these style – of, of figures now figures toy company i mean they've been doing great work and they've done other things besides you know mego like dolls figure toys company does other stuff so mego is just replicating the original mego action figures that were available in the 60s and 70s and the early 80s what they're doing correctly is i think the, their price point is geared at your casual collector and it's geared at your kids too these Mego uh, reproductions are fi- are fourteen ninety nine US in, in Target, so they're aimed at maybe kids Surprise. or maybe at people that, that don't want to you know shell out the money for the figure toys company. Now I, I was talking with a friend of mine who says, well, hey, I'll get these and I'll have my son destroy them because they'll be he'll play with them because sure. he can you know for a fifteen dollar figure that's fine if he wrecks it. I mean it doesn't doesn't really matter. So um, so I, I get it from that standpoint. Do I think it's cool? Absolutely. I'm going to hold judgment on how they look because I hope that they do the whole line in one giant wave. I think there was like 15 or 20 different figures in wave one of the Mego Corporation. I hope all four KISS members are all in wave two mm-hmm. so I can so I can buy them. And if they're cool, I'll buy one to keep in the package and I'll buy one to take out of the package and put with the rest of my action figures. I think it's cool. Something like I'll never not get excited to go to a store and buy remnant kiss stuff that's reminiscent of the 70s it's cool i have a set of original mago dolls so this is going to replace that but it's cool i'll go to target i'll spend 15 bucks a pop on a figure and go home it's it's cool so don't don't forget the cool factor of it it's still cool to do it if you don't like how they look don't buy them but don't i mean i i buy enough action figures and i buy enough toys that don't make a judgment on a side shot of something that has glare on it and this and that it okay yeah it looks like the simpsons looks like whatever the costume may be too big but wait until they come out see them for yourself wait till they're actually solicited before you can see them yeah see those are i i personally don't like circus yeah those are the psycho circus i personally don't like those so i don't own them but i also don't bitch about them there you go i have those the kiss alive those are cool man Farland. yeah those are good ones yeah so I, I think it's cool, and it's funny you mentioned that, Ken, because I was going to mention the very, very same thing uh, about those. Uh, and if you, anybody wants more information on any of this stuff as far as the Mego Corporation, the Mego Dolls, or these new ones, uh, go to uh, Mego or Mego. I don't, don't know how you pronounce it, but go to MegoMuseum.com, yeah. 
And there's so much information on there, not only about the original Mego action figures, but about the new ones that have been coming out. And uh, you can even check out some of the, the figure to a company line as well there, too. Fascinating. Julian's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a doll collector. No, I'm, I'm not. I hate them. I have no interest in them. But Andrew says something that's absolutely right. There's nothing better than going into a store and seeing classic type kiss repro stuff on the shelves whether or not i laugh at it and have interest in it is irrelevant it's always good to see kiss out in the wild and how can you not just at least smile even if you have no interest in it whatsoever so uh someone just posted in in one of the facebook groups a picture of these uh the 12 inch ones and just the packaging i mean anytime you use those cubes the images uh, from the cube photo shoot on the packaging is very. Are oh, you talking cool. about the, uh, the 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 figure toys company one? Yes. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know, but they, you know, again, I'm not going to buy them to find out. But just looking through the comments <laughs> here, um, I think they are awesome. Oh, good. There's a happy customer. That's what matters. Doesn't matter what I, what I think about them because I don't collect them. I don't even have. I've got Eric Singer at the bobblehead. And, and Eric Carr, the bobblehead, and that's all I need. Oh, yeah, Gene Simmons action figure in the vault. Yeah, and, and if you notice, too, if any of your if any of you guys are collectors of the Figure Toys Company ones, they initially issued the the replica 1978 Kiss ones, and then they were re- – there you go. And then they were reissued where the sculpts and the faces were a little bit different and the costumes were kind of better. So now this is a third issuing of the 1978 Kiss Mego dolls by Figure Toys Company. And they're the best ones by far, in my opinion. Yeah, man. See, there you go. Oh, I got told off for letting that ace thing go at the uh, L.A. vault that was on the table. So is that re- or was it Paul? I don't remember. Jonathan was like, why did you trade an Eric Singer bobblehead for that? <laughs> Because I don't care about <laughs> dolls. That's why. I have no idea that one was better than the other. They're both kind of silly you, to me. You know what? You know what I'm gonna do? Here, here's what I'm gonna do. Once these Mego dolls come out, and this will be the next project that I. Well, there's actually two projects I got coming up, but this will be the next one that I work on that you can all enjoy. What I'm gonna do is when the eight-inch Mego dolls come out, I'm gonna go into the studio. I'm gonna re-record the song, and then I'm gonna redo that commercial, shot for shot. That's what I'm gonna do. But that kiss, that's the name. Yes, kiss. so I'll, I'll re-record the song, uh, probably with <laughs> just you know guitars, bass, and drums, and, and vocals, obviously. And then I'm going to shoot... And those facial expressions, you're going to do yeah. that? Awesome. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can find some kids to do it. If I can't find some kids to do it, it'll just be like us as adults be like, oh, they're back. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Like, guys, like... Uh, not not you guys in particular, because, you know, it's, it's very uh, fortunate for all of us that we're all level-headed guys. But it's just fun. It's just a band. It's a, This is all supposed to be fun. You know, people are going on and on and on about, oh, this sucks. Fuck this. Like, come on. This is supposed to be fun. When I saw those, I was like, cool, man. I was like, it's so cool. It's so cool. So I'm sold. I'm sold. Okay. <laughs> Andrew, as long as you're happy. Let's, I'm always happy, man. Let's go to Mark. You know, what what what's on your mind today? Okay, well, I did come up with a question slash topic, but of course, in normal fashion, it might stir a few pots a little bit. But oh, um, good. Bob Ezrin? No, 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 Bob Ezrin. Okay. But I, I am curious about something, and, and I'm actually kind of curious to hear your guys' reaction about this. Okay, so I actually wrote it down so I can correctly phrase it for you people um 
Do you think do you think the attitude of the KISS army is preventing the actual KISS from going forward with the KISS 2.0? Now let me explain what I mean by that. Because for example, I do the Yes podcast as well, the Yes Music Podcast. Sure. And right now they're celebrating the 50th anniversary and they had a lot of like members come back that were in the bands before. You know, they had tons of other people in the band, right? Other keyboard players, other, you know, you name it. They had lots of people in there. So, and they're embracing all these people to come back and they're coming back for the 50th anniversary shows. And a lot of the times these people like Rick Wakeman and even Alan White have been saying that their thing is that they want Yes to continue on long after they're dead continuing and having people in the band to replace oh, yeah. them. Oh, yeah. I'm not oh, hearing Mark. Are you hearing Mark? What's that? Yeah, I can hear Mark. Oh, okay. I can hear him too. And that's, he, he, they want him, they want the band to continue long after they're gone, right? So, and they're very, and the, and the Yes fans are very embraceful of that. They, they've accepted to John Davidson, they've accepted Billy Sherwood as a replacement for Chris Squire. They've accepted even the fact that Jay Shallon is going to replace Alan White at some time soon because he's very ill on drums and they need a new replacement guy and he's pretty much in. So the attitude of the Yes fans is very much like, yay, thumbs up, let's go forward. But I don't get that same vibe with the Kiss fans as far as any kind of replacements. So do you think that this is why they've just totally killed or exnayed the idea of going forward with this? Uh, this is this is actually a great topic because I am going to post something tomorrow that directly relates to this. We've been fans forever. Um, there is a great clip that aired in Australia, 60 Minutes, in February of 1980. And there's a great interview with Bill O'Coin from early 1980, late 1979, where Bill O'Coin says, we're moving into Kiss as superheroes, where Kiss continue on, not Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, and Peter Chris, but as the characters. And they could go on as long as they want. This has been the idea for KISS for f- almost 40 years now for them to continue on. I think they've always wanted to do that. I don't think the attitude of the KISS army is stopping them per se. I just think, um, I just think that they're being more careful uh, with it at this point. And I, I, think, I think if KISS goes on with this farewell tour or this three year tour, the end of the road tour that they're planning on, or we've been talking about or whatever, I, I have no information on it. Um, I think if they do do that, I think very soon after, or maybe even during the tour, they're going to test the waters for this. They're going to have to, there's no, yeah, way, there, there's no way a particular member is going to get through three years. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if multiple founding remaining founding members bow out during the whole process, just because of, how arduous a three-year tour i you know again i don't expect it to be like a three-year tour say like a live worldwide 96 97 you know that amount of shows they just uh, you know they can't do that i don't think there are markets to do that for kiss these days so again it's going to be more like short legs like Mm -hmm. you know here's six to eight weeks here's six to eight weeks maybe even less because paul spends a lot of time back with his family he's got young children uh gene simmons has a young banknotes that need caressing regularly as well to make sure that they they stay happy no gene has plenty of other business interests and projects that he's involved in so splitting up a three-year tour i mean they could basically you know be under 100 dates stretched over three years which at their their age 
for what they do on stage, regardless of, you know, them saying that this the shit weighs 40 pounds. Who knows if it really does? It or, does not. It exactly. does not. <laughs> Andrew, don't destroy the mystique of the band. I mean, come on. <laughs> destroyer of dreams. All right. All right just <laughs> see ya. So, you, you know, Kiss 2.0. I don't doubt that they will probably go for it. And I, I don't doubt that they have have their plans but has has the vocal kiss army and the negativity towards the idea by many but not all uh, you know put paid to their plans and put them into a delay or i don't know i don't think that the kiss army i don't think that we hear and we obey ever actually meant anything other than being a soft platitude to deliver to the kiss army to make them feel good for a minute I think they've always done what they've wanted regardless, and I don't think they listen to us. I think the reality of what has gone on in the industry with things like In Excess, uh, that Scott Ian band project as well, um, failing miserably in terms of their commercial success, has had more more of an effect on their plans. So that while they, they may do things, I think they probably use Tommy in particular as uh, testing the water and it's taken them 15 years for and people are still moaning about him that they they know that it's not going to be easy but they also know that maybe the the right offer is not there yet so who knows what do you think ken you can't hear you you hear me now there we go okay that's i couldn't see to you I couldn't hear you for a while, but then it came back. Anyway. You didn't miss um, anything. You're okay. I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think Kiss is going to – Kiss does their own thing. They're just going to do They're not going to listen technically. Uh, if they would have listened to us, uh, we would have gotten a lot more – interesting things um than what they've given us i think or, we, or we would have gotten a lot more stupid things too and more the- <laughs> yeah that's true more product more more maybe more uh video releases yes uh, yes you know and maybe more music uh or you know re-releases of music i guess you could say um so i i don't know and i don't know what kiss is going to do i about 2.0 or not uh, i still i could see them trying it and then the other points i see, i think it may just flop you, you, you know what though i find I very know. disappointing about this though is that why wouldn't you know what i mean like that's just that really bugs me about i can't hear anybody you know Okay, sure. the, the, the connection was really bad there yeah, for a you, second. Why don't you try that thought again? Because uh, oh, the, okay. chi- the chipmunks were gnawing now. on your interweb wires. Ah, okay. Well, I was going to say I'm just I'm just surprised that they that they don't that the fans are not more accepting or wanting it to happen. You know, like yeah. why wouldn't you want Kiss stuff to continue on for years and years to come? I mean, it just seems almost selfish that people don't want any other kiss except these guys and that's it mm-hmm. you know some of them don't even want these guys <laughs> well there you go you know? <laughs> right 
You know, I mean, it's 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 funny that people like Mozart and Beethoven who wrote and stuff hundreds of years ago have their stuff played constantly by different symphony orchestras for years and years and years and hundreds of years. But that that same approach isn't taken with other types of music, you know? Yeah, but Mozart didn't blow anything up or put his blood inside a comic book. <laughs> Had he done that, then people would be up in arms about, you know, the Philharmonic plan. Mozart. <laughs> Well, so it meets Doctor Doom. <laughs> hey man, that's still that's still the coolest thing ever. Kiss versus Doctor Doom. <laughs> like, man, it's so cool. I prefer the music. I love it all, man. I love it all. Music I, is the main. Could thing. you could you imagine if they actually put Kiss into like a Marvel Comics movie? Like the Avengers with Kiss? Oh, please. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, my God. Please, if they God, ever had no. a cameo, that would be, no. oh, my God. Not with the real guys. I though. mean, you saw that cameo of uh, Ace. Yes, uh, that, not, well, dude, I would have stood mention. up. I would have stood up in the theater. I would be like, oh, my God, my two worlds colliding. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I was tortured by, what was it, Avengers Infinity Wars or whatever that piece of shit mm. was the other day. Oh, oh I tortured. I awesome. would not want to see Kiss in one of those things. I wouldn't mind seeing Kiss in something so styled. So, mm. say an action... Uh, okay, I guess we're Their getting... In, I guess, like yeah, that? I guess we're getting into an Phantom of the Park realm, but maybe something that was done in the style... If You remember the Psycho Circus comics? You know, mm-hmm. something yeah. with that sort of storyline, a bit more adult and edgy. Like um, the video game. Yeah. So, you know, that I could possibly handle, even though I'm just not too keen on any of it. But, uh, you know, KISS 2.0, maybe they need to try KISS 1.5 first before going the full incremental release update. Well, it's, they are in 1.5 right now, I think. Yes, yeah, they're in 0.5 right now, according <laughs> to some people. 0.5. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. 2, 2.0? No. I, who, I, who knows? I'll be I I probably won't be as rabid following them as I am. But hey, man, if it comes to my town or if I'm in Vegas and it's there, I'll go. I'll enjoy it. I'll yeah, enjoy. I'll, it I'll go. I'll I'll give it a chance. Check I, it out. I, I do believe that, but maybe that's what the calculation is. How many Kiss fans will reject it out of hand and not go? How many Kiss fans will blindly accept it and go? How many people in the middle will will give it a chance? And you know and yeah. You have two thirds of that are yays or possible yays, um, and do the numbers. So it, it again, it all comes down to business modeling, uh, promotion, probably sponsorship and tie-ins, and all that side of things these days on to whether to... it's plausible or whether it's uh, busted. Y'all need to watch Kiss Extreme close up. If you like us, that's okay. If you don't like us, that's okay too. If you're in the middle, get out. <laughs> yeah, well, as, I mean, as long as you're talking about us, out. you know. Again. <laughs> yeah. All right. I want to. I want to go to something a little bit. You know. Your topic. Yeah. What? This is all about me. No. Um, it's your show. It's not my show. It's our show. Don't ever let anyone say it's my show because it's not. Okay. And I like this. I, this is straight off the board. What is the last classic studio track Kiss has released? And that type, that's probably a nice follow-on from talking about Kiss 2.0. And I really gave this one a lot of thought and had a lot of difficulty with it. Because 
in in recent years, Paul has you know presented songs like "Say Yeah" came back into the set recently, and all of a sudden it was like, yeah, you know, people are getting into it in the in the audience and starting clearly because that's the lyric. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, let's be all Beatles. Um, Boom. But Boom. It, it, it really did seem to have become more of a classic in how it's received by the audience that they get into it. I remember when it was first performed, it was like a, another one of those dead moments. It's always the problem that these classic bands have when they bring new songs in. Um, so I think that's a possibility, even though it, it's kind of a challenged possibility. Psycho Circus, I would now call a classic. Mm. Because it's, again, been performed so many times. Everyone knows it now. It's just kind of received that way. And now we're down to, what, 14, 15 songs in the set. They're all basically classics anyway. So if you basically look at the current set list, take one of those and whatever the newest songs are, it is a classic. Ken, am I insane? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well... This, this is how I took it. When you say classic, um, I go back and I think, what is classic? And classic Kiss to me is pretty much the first six albums is what I would call classic and classic Kiss. So that's how I view it. Um, so say, having said that, I would say, you know, the last, I'm not going to, uh, so Love Gun, it's really where it ends um, for me. So that would be classic track. I'm not going to go within She Kissed Me, so I'll go the one before that, the last Kiss written song uh, or recorded song or song order, whatever you want to call it. But Plaster Caster is going to be the song because um, that was second to last on Love Gun. So that's, to me, that's the last classic era uh, Kiss song. Okay. Who's next? Can't really argue with that. I I took the approach kind of like how Julian did where I was thinking what songs that they've played that are very much accepted by the audience live that's very much played at a normal click I would say at, at tours, like songs that are brought on tour constantly. Now, they tried, obviously, with Modern Day Delilah. It only survived so long. They tried the same thing with, you know, a Hell or Hallelujah, and that didn't last very long either, right? But Psycho Circus, I think, has survived throughout time and has mm-hmm. been around for quite a few tours since it's been released. And really, I can I can say honestly that that was probably the last Kiss song that when I first heard it, I got really excited. I was like, wow, this is a really good song. As for the rest of the record, it wasn't as strong, I thought, obviously. But that, to me, was a really, really well-written Kiss song. And they and it still comes across good live. And they and when they play it, fans react well to it. And they've even, once in a while, used it to open. I mean, come on. I mean, that, that's got to say something in there as well for it. So while I agree with Ken's theory to a degree that I'll Obviously, the first six will be always looked at as classic Kiss, but I still think that they've written songs that could be deemed classic material beyond that time. Like Lick It Up has been probably looked at that way. Haven't done Fire could be probably looked at that way as a classic song. 
you know, mm-hmm. whether we're sick of them or not, that's another story. But I would say the last song in that category would be probably Psycho Circus for me. I'm going to take a completely different approach than, than everyone has so far, because what do you classify as classic? When I first read that right off the board, to me, I was like, well, a classic lineup. So that's it's the last time that the original four actually recorded something. So for me, the last classic mm-hmm. track was the Detroit Rock City re-recording for the movie. That's the <laughs> last classic track, in my opinion, because that's the last time that those four guys were in the room together playing these songs together. So... And it's actually not bad. If you listen to that and listen to it in the movie, I was like, this is pretty good. I I was actually surprised when it was shelved in favor of the the 76 studio track on the soundtrack. But for me, when someone says, what's the last classic track that Kiss has recorded? Well, how do you classify classic? Because for me, when you say classic, what's the last time the four guys were in the room together? You know, that's not a and that's not a slam to Psycho Circus or anything off Sonic Boom or anything off Monster because I enjoyed both of those records and I was really excited when I heard Modern Day Delilah the first time. I still get excited when I hear it. I still enjoy it. But um, for me, and the very first thing that popped into my head was that recording that the four guys did of Detroit Rock City for the movie. That's the last gossip track, in my opinion. That's an interesting approach to take to it. I think. I mean, because it is, it is a classic song even before it was re-recorded at that yes. time. So it was a great song to begin with. But yes. the fact that they redid it again, and it is an interesting performance, I have to agree. I mean, when I first heard it, I was like, this was actually pretty good. And, and almost and almost made me scratch my head to why they didn't just use the four guys for the rest of the whole album. I'll tell you why they didn't use the four guys in that album. Because at the time, Peter Nace had already played Detroit Rock City again about 400 times. <laughs> Gene and Paul didn't have time for Peter and Ace to play I Finally Found My Way to You or Into the Void or, yeah. you know, uh, Pledge of State of Rock and Roll. They didn't have the time to for them to learn those songs. They had to get thousand that out. times. <laughs> yeah, so, so. No one picked Don't Touch My Ascot. Why? Is there anybody but Paul on that track? Yes, there is. Is there? Are they the guys that are on that track? Well, singing. They all four sing. I prefer to forget about that song, to be perfectly honest. It's fine in a cartoon, but in a serious conversation about Kiss's music. Oh, wait, in a serious conversation about Kiss's music. Uh, I, I, I mean, when was the last time the four were in a studio together, Andrew? Was it Detroit Rock City? Yeah, or yes. And was I, it I, the Pepsi thing? I don't, I don't think uh, mm. Peter or Ace were involved in the Pepsi recording, but I could be wrong. Uh, but I don't think that they were – I know Peter certainly wasn't involved in the Pepsi recording, um, but I, I could be wrong about Ace. But I'm almost certain that it that the Detroit City recording was the last time that those guys were together in a studio. Yeah, I mean that, that's one way to look at it. I, I mean how many different ways for those watching or listening to this show, how do you define a classic studio track and what would you – I mean that's a great one to ask the, the people. You know, what are the ones that they think would be the last classic studio track Kiss has released? You know, so there are no rules. That's the wonderful thing about these conversations. And and the funny thing is that song was never kind of officially released. It's in the movie. There's an abridged version in the movie. I mean, if you got the movie on DVD or Blu-ray, mm-hmm. you can watch the bonus features and see the entire song um, on there. But uh, at the same time, it was never officially released outside of the movie capacity. So, I mean, the, the version that I listened to, however long ago I listened to, it was a, a rip from the movie. 
Um, so it's never officially been released, but still, I mean, this that's something. And I just rewatched Detroit City because it was the anniversary. Uh, but I don't know, man. Something about that was just was just cool to me. Like it's, I, a, it's I, a fun track. I love the Black yeah. Diamond ending on that. I don't listen to the version yeah. of the movie. I listen to the actual track that was recorded uh, and has the extended outro on it. I think it's nearly yes. seven minutes in length, and they edited down for the movie. Yes. Um, so that that's the one I listen. And you know it. It's it's rough. It's fun. It's like I. It's, but it's got more character than Strutter seventy eight. Yeah. Well, but I love Strutter seventy eight, especially the single version. I mean, Strutter seventy eight. Single version, yeah. Yeah, the single version of that Casablanca years box set has always been my go to, and I was really really happy uh, to to get a nice pristine version of that. Um, but uh, I don't know why I love it so much. I just I just do. Um, but I, it's. It's that song has more character than some of the songs on Psycho Circus. It just does. You can't ignore what happens when those four guys get into a room and play together. Um, it's just unfortunate that there were outside influences that always got involved um, with those guys. So it's a shame. It's a shame. But go and listen to that if you haven't, or if you haven't in a while, but, you know, pull it up on YouTube or, or throw in the movie Detroit Rock City. It's awesome. It's awesome. All right, so let's get into, I guess, the final topic for today. And again, it's ripped directly off the message board. So thank you, everyone who participates actively in the KISS FAQ message board. You come up with a lot of interesting topics. And this one is, which album is KISS's Abbey Road? And I, I first of all thought, well, you've got to do a 10,000-word essay just to define what the fuck Abbey Road means in terms of <laughs> albums, because Abbey Road is an incredibly complex album to kind mm-hmm. of define before you mm-hmm. even apply Kisses, um, you know, what, what might be a parallel with that. So, Ken, I mean, how do you define Abbey Road? Well... Abbey Road, yeah, boy, is I mean it's a classic. I mean, starting to come together, and I think the first side ends with uh, "I want you," right? She's so heavy, uh, mm-hmm. which is, and the story goes on that one where the the tape ran out. Um, that's why it cuts off at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that song just cuts off. So, uh, and it's it's just cool. They left it that way. It worked. <laughs> um, now, as as for the second side. It's it's kind of uh, I wouldn't say it's a concept, uh, but it's, medley. it's a, you know yeah kind of medley Monta- connection montage montage yeah there you go good it, word it, like big word like gymnasium yeah where they flow and you know Sun King and all that stuff and um, it's very cool it's so different at the time from anything else that anybody else was mm-hmm. doing um, so what does Kiss have that's like that I can't think of anything, but if 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 I'm gonna pick an album that's a, I think could be a Kiss Abbey Road, I'm gonna have to say, <laughs> Mark's not gonna like this, um, Destroyer oh, is what with <laughs> with you know it's kind of like you start off with the big rocker at the beginning, um, and then you end with the, I, I want you let's see, like I want you she's so heavy it just cuts off well you have what was it great expectations at the last one on side yeah. one um and then this side two um I, you know i don't know it's it's a it's kind of a concept anyway um from ezrin's i guess point of view and connecting it as a 
guy who goes to the concert and all these things happen. But anyway, uh, I, that's the closest one. I mean, I could have said something like the elder, but that's, uh, you know, not, not good know. enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the elder, but it's not, well, uh, when, well, when you're we won't Abbey hold Road, that against you. We won't hold that against you that you love the elder. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, measuring okay. it against Abbey Road, which uh, I mean, it's, it's. I mean, let's face it. You know, Kiss has never done anything like the Beatles. I mean, sure they wanted to try to do things like the Beatles to a degree, but you know, the closest thing is is the the four faces on the cover of their first album. Yeah, meet, meet, meet the Kissers. Uh, uh, you know, like meet, yeah, meet the Beatles, meet the Kissers, or you call it with the Beatles, which is the England version. But yeah, I'm gonna just say destroyer. Yeah. So I, while I was really trying to interrupt you, I, I was gonna say Sorry. sometimes it just seems wrong to do try and do a parallel between Kiss and a Beatles album. I mean, Abbey Road, Apples yeah, and Oranges. Yeah, which Kiss album is their Sergeant Pepper's? I mean, come on. Well, but- it, well, let's do it this way. Let's let's say that Abbey Road has kind of surpassed what a normal record is. I mean, you have tourists that are going to England and that are recreating the cover of of, of that that album. So let's look at it this way. Let's look at it very abstractly. Let's say, well, this is something that has transcended not only time but has transcended just music. It's uh, it's visually appealing. The the album cover. I mean, there's people say that there is. Uh, evidence that Paul was dead on the album cover, so there's you know um, a kind of an unsolved mystery thing that's surrounding it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's let's just take a look at it very abstract, not as saying that musically what the Beatles did parallel to what Kiss did. Let's just say well, what is what is the one Kiss album that has transcended not only time but people still people still look at it and say, well, this was a very important album for the time, or wasn't it a very important album in Kiss's career? So. I'm not going to say Destroyer, even though I know you were going to say Destroyer. I, I'm going to say Kiss Alive, because bands wanted their live album to sound like Kiss Alive. You had Frampton Comes Alive. You had all these other bands that released uh, not not only single live albums, but double double live albums in the 70s. And it became a staple for a band to release a live record as a souvenir uh, to go see the band. So it, it not only was an important album, in Casablanca Records, Kiss's history, but it was an important album for rock history. And if you watch that Ultimate Album's Kiss Alive special from back in 2000, 2003, um, you have artists that aren't even rock artists. You have Fred Durst that, that says how Kiss Alive changed him. You turn on that record and you're like, wow, this is, this is how a, a live concert is supposed to sound. So for me, if I'm making, if I'm Abbey Road, easy, Kiss Alive. Okay. Well, I, I will go last on this one, so Mark. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this. I kind of take the approach almost a little similarly to Andrew, where I look at it that the album that kind of had an impact besides the music, but culturally and how it affected people in general. So the two albums that I was kind of battling between was Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun. And the reason why I was thinking those two was because... Mm-hmm. They were the two albums that I remember just seeing everywhere. People were drawing that circle logo on their on their binders in school. I remember my older sister had like friends that used to do these kind of graphics on their jean jackets like that. I knew a guy who tried to recreate the whole Love Gun cover on a on this big piece of paper in our apartment building. Like those kind of albums 
it was more than just the music. People loved the cover work. They loved all the things that were attached to it besides just the music. Now, the reason why I'm going to go with Love Gun over Rock and Roll Over, even though Rock and Roll Over is my favorite Kiss record, is that I think that Love Gun represents the last time all four of them were really contributing to a record. I mean, you have Peter singing, you have Ace singing the first time on a record, and Paul and Gene, obviously. So to me, that that kind of represents to me like almost like a Beatle-esque sort of thing where do you have each person represented on a record. That's a pretty strong record. Maybe it's not their strongest studio album of all time, but it's definitely a memorable one because of those things. I mean, even the commercial that they put for it, they, they purposefully showed a picture of each guy and their song that's on the record. So it almost is a like a Beatle approach in a sense where it was like, you know, here's Ringo's song, here's Paul's song, you know, like it, it kind of got that vibe to it, even though I know it's still kind of blasphemy to compare Beatles with Kiss. But, you know, I, I, I still think that if I was going to say a Beatles album that's like an Abbey Road for Kiss, I would I would have to go with Love Gun. Wow, that, that's that's a good pick. My way of looking at this, I love Abbey Road. I listen to Abbey Road more than I listen to Sgt. Mm -hmm. Pepper's. I listen, well, then again, I listen mm -hmm. to Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Beatles for Sale more mm -hmm. than I listen to, uh, you know, Sgt. Pepper's. It, it, it's mm -hmm. kind of their high point in many ways, and I, I think it's when you read about it historically, it wasn't particularly well received, but has grown in stature over the decades. Um, Trying to compare it with Kiss is just so freaking difficult because of that side B. That montage is like a layer of cre creativity that was all Paul McCartney stringing all mm -hmm. these ideas that have been recorded uh, mm -hmm. excuse me, earlier in the year together into what it was, which is you know just a, a ton of different ideas coming through. But you also have a guitarist in the band really... You know, blossoming almost like Dynasty right. did for Ace, where he stepped out into a whole different realm than he'd been previously, bringing three songs for uh, for Dynasty, just like George Harrison here with "Here Comes the Sun." I mean, mm -hmm. holy, holy crap! Um, something, and something, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you can't say anything about the drummer on this album because Octopus's Garden. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> Poor Ringo. So it, it comes down perfect to... Perfect drummer for that band. Perfect drummer for that perfect, band. Perfect, yeah, which is what it's all about. Same when we talk about sure. this. Perfect drummer for the band. I, Agreed. You know, Agreed. Nothing to Agreed. do with anything else. It, the perfect person. So you have a hodgepodge. You have a band that was working together well after the more trying kind of sessions earlier in the year that then came out as the final Beatles album. That's, of course, Let It Be. So... I don't find a parallel with any of the classic era albums. I don't think Destroyer works because that's a producer coming in and really having such a guiding hand on the material and taking bits and pieces and constructing that this isn't. This is Paul McCartney constructing. This is George Harrison bringing in standalone material. Uh, um, who, who wrote uh, Oh Darling? That's McCartney. Uh, yeah, come together, of course, as Lennon. Mm -hmm. So yeah. there's nothing in the classic catalog like that. Maybe Psycho Circus, which <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> so the only yeah. the only well, album that I can actually draw any parallels with is Hot in the Shade, which is just a collection of bits and pieces thrown together into an album. Wow. 
Yeah, demos. Yeah, demos have put together to make the record. Yeah, I mean, Mr. Bean's uh, gonna have his eyeballs pop out in a minute there. But there's no there's, there's no Kiss catalog album that comes anywhere near in terms of quality to Abbey Road, and that's the 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 difference. We're not talking about quality when I'm talking about Hot in the Shade. We're talking about clearly, no, clearly. We're, we're, we're talking about desperation, thro- throwing ideas together, whatever it takes to put the package together. You've got members of the band who are stepping up, you know, Little Caesar, Eric Carr coming in in much the same way as, you know, well, I, I don't mm. want to compare it to anything, but in terms of the methodology of its creation. Yeah, but. You know, I can't go with Destroyer. I can't go with Psycho Circus. I can't go with, you know, I, I guess Dynasty could be draw more mm-hmm. parallels just because of the guitarist Maybe. stepping up and, you know, the band somewhat working well together, except for one member of the band. And then, of course, uh, Unmask and B, Let It Be. But it, it, it's just too difficult. I mean, I, I don't want to compare the Beatles with Kiss. It doesn't seem right. It seems like an offense to nature. But hey, man, the Beatles are the best, there. but Kiss is just my favorite. That's what I always say. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. With, with family from Liverpool uh, who were there, <laughs> uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, sure. you gotta tread a very careful path. It's the Beatles, and I love yeah. Kiss. I, I don't need to compare them with every. I mean, that's like, well, which Kiss album is like? You know, ACDC's back in black. I mean, why? We that doesn't even lick it up. Maybe. It is interesting, though, that we talk about this because I think, besides Kiss, which, you know, like all of us, we all have multiple copies of their albums, I think The Beatles are, is the next band in my collection that I have multiple copies of their record. Probably. The second most, like I have about like five different Sergeant Peppers. I got, I surprisingly, I have like nine lettered Bs. I actually just got my another copy of Letter B now, a really nice U.S. one. Uh, that's that I just got like a sealed copy, believe it or not. So, um, but it's uh, it's interesting because to me, I saw I see a lot of parallels with them in the sense that you know they were such a big, huge band marketing-wise. They had all kinds of stuff you know put out and all kinds of television appearances and stuff like that. But I mean, obviously Beatles are the, you know, here and Kiss are kind of like here, right? It would have been easier had they they said in the topic, <laughs> uh, who does Kiss, you know, what Kiss albums closest to, you know, Bon Jovi. A Beatle record? Oh, Bon Jovi? <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, I mean bon, bon Jovi's easy, easy because that's Crazy Nights. You know, crazy, exactly. Crazy Nights an analog of uh, Slippery When Wet. <laughs> Or, yeah. Exactly. So weird. You know that, that that was a weird one, but it you know trying just trying to define Abbey Road is tough because you yeah, know, it's kind of it, it, two it's, different sides to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's two it's two different stories. And di- so does Kiss have anything like that? No, not really. And well, there you go. I mean, everything about it is iconic, even to its cover. You know, like we said, that cover. How many people have been, you know, go and try to recreate that every time they go to England? Somebody wants to get a photo of them crossing yeah, that. See? Yeah. Um, I mean, how many people? Is... How many people go to the corner where the dress to kill photo was taken? Quite a few. Yeah. True. Quite yeah. A few. Oh, so there you go. You can 
dress to kill but i but i still say i still hold true i still hold true to kiss alive because there have been so many bands that wanted their live record to sound like kiss alive yeah i don't i don't think there's a lot of people who are emulating the model musically of abbey road oh well we're just going to do our songs on side a you know what the hell did john lennon call uh paul's music uh god (laughs) called it uh Muzak? Yeah, Muzak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He said a few things sometimes. And, and and then yeah, whatever. I you know, I think that's just, you know, a tough one. But what do the people listening think out there? I mean, mm-hmm. can can you compare a Kiss album with Abbey Road? Or is it just an exercise of futility? So. I mean, if you want the ultimate exercise of futility, log on to the cesspool to see <laughs> no no i'm kidding no it, it it's funny how we all had different answers and different I, I reasons the t-shirt. <laughs> we had all we all had different answers and different reasons why we picked said uh said record so i thought it was very interesting i was hoping that not everyone was going to pick destroyer but um we, we only we only picked destroyer when mark's on yes that's why i picked yeah, yeah. just to irritate him yeah. <laughs> and then Mark, your second favorite album is the Symphony, right? Because basically all Destroyer is on the Symphony. <laughs> yeah, it's right up there. It's really high up on my yeah. top ten list. Could you could you imagine people were at the time when the Symphony came out, people were bitching that there was too much Destroyer on the Symphony, and now people are bitching that oh, I don't want to hear Flaming Youth anymore. <laughs> Kiss fans, you got you gotta love us. We're a whole sorts of special. All right, so there we are. There are some topics for you to consider. You know, wherever you listen to us, whether you're on, on uh, iTunes, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on the Kiss of the Key message board, chime in with your opinion. Find these threads. They, they are there. Or just put your opinion in the uh, the post that I'll do for this show when it goes up uh, probably on Friday. So, Thank now, God it's Friday, by the way. Mm. I think you have to explain that one. <laughs> The Casablanca soundtrack. Casablanca, yeah, Casablanca. Well, yeah, are you really throwing that Donaldson? out there? Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know why I'm throwing that out there. I mean, you you guys might not know, but you know why I'm throwing that out there. I had to sit and watch it like a hundred times. Yep. All right, so let's leave it there. We thank you for listening. Thank you for the feedback to last uh, week's multiple episodes. Um, and, of course, a very good reception to the Keith Valcourt recap, which uh, awesome guy. was, awesome guy, was fun. Love Keith. He's really cool, fun to talk to. So for now, from Mark, from Andrew, from Ken and myself, thank you for listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Boo! Boo. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.